Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his peewee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet ya. His sidekick, who hails from Parts Unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at Galka, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin. Uh, welcome back to episode 11 of our podcast, I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin with my co-host Tom Sims. Tom, how's it going? Aloha, aloha. I see you made it back home over the golf weekend, as did I. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was kind of questionable a couple of times on the way back, but uh, <laughs> against all odds, I made it home. I'm going to tell you what. I felt like I took full advantage of the festivities over the weekend. I don't think everybody in our party could say that, but I was uh, I was all in from uh, what early Friday morning about nine thirty till uh, I guess we left around six a.m. on uh, I, I say six a.m. Got up about six a.m. on Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> it was a it was a good time, my friend. Uh, hey, it was. I, Let's give a shout out to the Robert Trent Jones facility in Prattville. First class, first time I'd been there. I I really did enjoy that. They they that's yeah. a first rate establishment for sure. Yeah, ten off on number one on the judge is is good looking a hold as you're going to find in Alabama. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, my game there was very similar to Bo Nick's passing. It was all over the place. I need a rim shot. Uh, that leads us into our – oh, and, you know, we got a we got a positive review from the proprietor of the Airbnb. Apparently, she has not noticed the missing towel I took to the golf course that ended up back in Red Bay with me. Oh, uh-oh. Hopefully that won't hit my credit card. <laughs> well, maybe not. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Bo Nix because this takes me to our word of the day. And uh, our word of the day today is nepotism. Do you know what nepotism is, Tom? I do know what nepotism is, Tiffin. According to the intranet, it is the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends 
especially by giving them jobs. So let's see. And I put in parentheses in my notes. See Nix, comma, Bo. Because as you know, Bo Nix's dad played at Auburn. I don't see where he's any better, if at all better, than uh, Joey Gatewood, who has played, by the way, in five games, thus burning his any chance of a red shirt and a transfer portal. And game six, he did not step on the field. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very reasonable term to use with that uh, with the Knicks family, but Auburn's Auburn's yeah. all family anyway, right? Family. Oh, for sure, F A M B L Y, which brings us to something very interesting that happened. So we're playing golf this weekend, and I'd already told Tom. I said, "Look, dude, on Saturday I'm good for 18 holes. We had a 8:20, 8:30 tee time, and the second tee time was 1:20, 1:30." And I'm just like, man, I miss enough college football with my daughters, whether it be softball or tennis or volleyball. And I'm like, man, I'm just not going to – I'm going to go watch Auburn in Florida. So, Tom, much to Tom's chagrin, I left. He and Tripp and he stayed and uh, and went on the course. And they they hit exactly one extra shot that I didn't (laughs) hit because once they teed off on one – the lightning came and they had to uh, to skedaddle to the clubhouse. But all right, so I'm I'm gonna try to get through this quickly. I'm at B Dubs at uh, in Prattville, and you know this it's enemy territory. So I've got my Bama cap on, but I'm gonna be real low key. I'm for Florida, but I'm not gonna be obnoxious about it. <laughs> that happens after Tom gets there. There's a, <laughs> there's a college there's a college couple, a, a boy and a girl sitting there at a table, kind of close to. Well, I was at the bar at first, and there there were table diagonally from me. And I didn't think much about it. Well, then Tom and Trippany calls, like, hey, we're on the way. So I moved to a table right beside them. And the game goes on. Uh, one of them was the husband wife, uh, the husband, whose name is Johnny Bandit, was uh, an Auburn fan. And then his wife, Beverly, was a, um, was a Bama fan. And then the other lady, she was an Auburn fan but came from a Bama family. So something happened. I think uh, Florida ran the long run, and we, of course, celebrated, and you know, because they'd iced the game. And Tom, the lady, said something to Tom, and 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 the conversation broke into, "Well, my, my daughter plays softball at Auburn," and I heard that. I'm like, "Really?" I said, "Well, it's so weird." I said, "My daughter's in high school, and she has uh, has a girl on the Auburn softball team. Started following her on Instagram. She thinks it's the coolest coolest thing. It's the catcher's Kendall Veach." V-E-A, like reach, only with a V, Veach. I said, that's all I ever hear. And this is exactly what I said to the lady. I said, that's all I ever hear is Kendall Veach, Kendall Veach, Kendall Veach. I said, I'm getting so sick of that. I'm like, Tori, we don't care about Kendall Veach. We're Bama fans. And I paused just long enough for the lady to say, yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you for real? She's like, yes, I am. I was like, oh, well, I'm, which I didn't say anything really untoward. And uh, she's like, I said, was that her? She's like, yeah, she was here earlier. And she dates, how Tori knows her is she dates Cody Greenhill, which is a pitcher from Russellville who's going to be in the major in Major League Baseball outside of just something crazy happening. I mean, the dude's a stud. And um, they, she's like, they're coming back. So they come back. I tell Kendall the story. And uh, we get pictures made. I send to Tori. Tori's jealous. But uh, it was, uh, and I talked to Cody a little bit and introduced myself to him. But it was just a... Uh, a small world, and then we go out in the parking lot, and we just kind of hang out and talk, and that, that's really all I remember about that, Tom. <laughs> you know, I wish I'd uh, asked the dude why uh, his name was Johnny Bandit. 
I thought when we were going outside, we were going to uh, find find them getting into a Trans Am or something. <laughs> That'd have been cool. It would have been. He was still the but coolest that guy a there. Story. Uh, yeah, outside of us for sure. I mean, it was a it was a non uh, non negotiable in that. But it's just weird how you how you um, how you run into people that you don't know, but then you kind of do know, or you know someone related. It's just a small world. After all, you know Disney should make a ride about a small world. After all, and oh, you that can would float be around so cool. and see all the cultures. They somebody needs to get that to whoever's over Disney. I think Bob Iger's over Disney now. I'm not sure, but anyway, let's jump into idea. the meat of the podcast. Uh, we got the winners. Winners. Uh, we just went with one game last week as Florida and Auburn, and guess who won? It was Florida. Don up alligators. Don up the alligators won. And I tell you what, they are much better than I thought they were. When they beat Miami, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, they beat Tennessee, you know, rather handily. Still, though, it's Tennessee. They're not very good. I didn't think that they had really faced a test. And I tell you, in my opinion, uh, the key to their the key to this early momentum they got is Frank's going out and Trask coming in. Um, you know, Frank's just has was not impressive and. I didn't think was a good fit at the quarterback position. And, you know, we can argue all day about about emo- showing emotion at the quarterback position. You know, Tim Tebow did and was phenomenal in college, and then other kids do. And, you know, Baker Mayfield was emotional, phenomenal in college. And then other kids are low-key. Jalen Hurts is low-key. Tua's low-key, phenomenal in college. So, it's you never know. But I really think that they – I think Trask – I don't even remember. Okay. You know, you know, he was committed. I think he was committed to Bama at one time. He should have uh, been committed anyway. to an insane asylum. <laughs> we digress. But for 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 Auburn to be held under 275 yards after just running rough shot over Mississippi State, who some people had them at 10 wins. We at the podcast, I'm not targeting, you're targeting, did not have them at 10 wins. But there were no. some people that really thought they could do, uh, you know, do very well this year. Uh, Florida's the big winner on the weekend. Yeah, they 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 certainly were. Now I'll tell you this: I'm not going to put the Alligators down as one of the elite contenders just yet, because it's obvious their offense has a lot of flaws, and I still can't get over that Kentucky game. You know that defense though is spectacular. I'll give them that. They hit harder than Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo. That game could have been a lot worse than the score. It was mainly mainly due to their offense not being able to move the ball consistently, and they gave it up four times. But you know what? Auburn gave it back four times as well. So let's see. After you carry that one, that's yeah, that's a net of zero. So all night though, the defense seemed like. Not only were they in good position, but they were laying the wood on those tackles. So, you know, when they got a tackle for a loss, they nah, they smacked the running back. They got off after the quarterback. I mean, that they were they were really really laying some uh, heavy wood there. So, I'd have Florida probably number eight right now in my poll. I think they're basically on par with Penn State, Texas, and Missouri, of course. But, uh, I, you know, they've never had a bigger opportunity than they have now this weekend. Uh, and uh, if they can win that one, we'll, we'll, we'll have a different conversation about them. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. They're, they they can – I agree with the number eight ranking. They're top ten for sure. They're undefeated. They In the ACC, they got six wins. Uh, but if they want to get in the top six, this weekend is the weekend to do it. Hey, one thing before we move on to the second winner is – I'm going to – really quickly. If you remember last weekend against the Mississippi State, Auburn and Mississippi State, Auburn threw a pass. It was the last possession of the uh, first half. Auburn throws a pass, number 18 drops it. Mississippi State's linebacker drills him about a half second after the ball hits the ground. No flag comes out. Uh, they replay it on the Jumbotron. The crowd boos. Gus gives the patented uh, scowl on his face. So the ref's like, okay, well, we better look at this. And they called targeting. And I agreed with the call. The dude shouldn't have hit him. He led with the head, and it was a defenseless player. All right. When Florida fumbled, when they ran an off-tackle or whatever and fumbled, uh, there was no flag, and then they showed the replay, and the Auburn's linebacker w- lowered his helmet, crown of his helmet into the, other, into the Florida ball carrier's helmet, and Mullen tried to challenge, and they said that's not a challengeable call. Well, no kidding, because when there is a suspected targeting, targeting violation, the refs in the booth or where, wherever they are, they stop playing that, hey, guys, they, they buzz or whatever, and they're like, hey, guys, we need to look at this. I, like, I want somebody – we don't have to explain it here on the podcast because, Tom, you might not know the answer either. But I want somebody to text or tweet, preferably tweet it at, uh, at, at targeting night and tell us why that was not targeting. You remember the call I'm talking about? I do. I do. That's the guy where when he got hit, the, the running back uh, just released the ball. He didn't, the ball didn't get hit. If you look at it, when he got hit in the head, his, his arms went slack for a second. That ball just popped right on out of there. Yeah. I mean, if that's not targeting, then I don't know what is. So, anyway, and, and we should that, know. Yes, the the, <laughs> on the by the name of the podcast, we chalk that up to Auburn being Auburn. No uh, the second the second winner we had this week are the bookies. We had actually we need to keep this probably on the down low, but we had a an illegal bookmaker in our group of eight golfers. And what? Let me tell you, he's like, I need Florida. He said, I need Florida. He said, not because I'm a fan. He said, dude, there's 85% of the money on Florida. Or, I'm sorry, on Auburn. Everybody was on Auburn, and the bookies made out like gangbusters this week. And I really think the season is settling down to where Vegas has got their pencil sharp. And if you find a game that is 85-15 and you hadn't bet it yet, you better get on the 15% side because the bookies really racked up this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I looked I looked up some stats uh <clears throat> this weekend in preparation for this tar- uh, topic. And, y- you know, according to what I was reading, the college football odds, or not odds, but the, the favorites uh, covering so far this year is right at about 50%. That's where they want them. You know, uh, mm. that's uh, they get 50% oh, yeah. on the favorites. They're, they're going to love that. You're just flipping a coin out there for the most part. But if you're a hometown... You know, book, a Guido, turf accountant, whatever you want to call it. You've got to watch out for those hometown games, and that's that's what's happened here. You know, this guy was a, he was a local guy in the, in the Montgomery area, and if if you're unfamiliar with the Montgomery area of the state, it is uh, traditionally a very 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 pro Auburn city, uh, and, uh, and 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 they just you know if you, you if you got a hometown team there, you're going to get a lot of action on that side. And I, I talked to him about this too, and 
I've seen it before. Yeah, he's going to move that line uh, absurdly the other way, and he's still going to catch that action. Uh, has to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt. But but like you said, you know, when when you've got to load it up on a game, now it, it it's not always going to be your hometown teams because you're going to have hometown bias. I mean, they're going to be on Auburn every weekend, so that's not really a factor. But when you got the whole country which is what happened this weekend, plus your hometown bias, that's going to be a big, big game to look out for, something to be on the opposite side of, like you you mentioned. So, you know, and that same thing happened a couple weeks ago when we sat here and talked about the Georgia-Notre Dame game. Same thing. What I, I think my I think I, I, I did a um, commentary on that game, and I basically said that Georgia was better than Notre Dame in every category on offense, defense, special teams, running back, quarterback, coaching, water boy, the whole nine yards. And then at the end I said, but I'm taking Notre Dame. <laughs> it could be mm-hmm. because everybody and their brother had the exact <laughs> same opinion that weekend. And, and they didn't win outright, but they got easily under the, uh, under the number. So, you know. Oh, so, for sure. I agreed 100%. You just have to watch out for those really, really lopsided ones, and that was certainly one this weekend. All right, on to the losers category. And, Tom, since you said since you did such a good job of setting up the golfing outing, I'm going to let you go first. It pains me, but Auburn is our first loser, and you oh. get to talk first. Well, this is going to take a hit there. I have them finished in second in the West, which they're still a contender. They certainly are. But this is the first time, I think, this year we've had the Barners on the list, on the losers list, right? I mean, heck, they've been undefeated. They've you oh, know, yeah. they had wins over what we discussed last weekend as the best teams in schedule-wise on paper than anybody else has played so far this season. But like I had also mentioned that I just didn't – I didn't see that they had, I guess, played the more elite teams. They had played a bunch of middling teams so far, and now they were going up against one of the better teams, if not the best teams they played today, and it showed their offensive woes finally caught up with them. I mean, they were atrocious on offense on Saturday. I mentioned previously about how well uh, Florida's defense played, but Auburn's ineptitude on offense had a lot to do with that. Do you know they only managed one drive over 32 yards Saturday night? And that ended in that horrific end zone interception. Excuse me if you remember. Their uh, <clears throat> their defense did keep them in the game until it got to be a two-score uh, affair there in the fourth. And, but they were within striking distance the whole way. If you're an offensive guru like the Gus Bus, though, you can't put up 269 total yards, turn it over four times, and expect to be in the game. They were lucky it was this close, really. Knicks lost most of the night. Um, that's probably partly because Gus was hiding between his legs most of the night as well, literally. <laughs> uh, that was my first bullet point was they had one legit drive all day and it ended in an interception end zone. I didn't know, you know, you're the stat man. You keep us on our toes with that. But they, you know, think about that. Their point drives were, t- uh, well, under 32 yards, like you said. I mean, they were terrible. Yep. Uh, you know, Gus is, Gus is who we thought he was. He has not changed anything. What he what he has, it, he has a defense that is probably the best in the conference, uh, definitely top three. And then he's got an offense that if you get caught up in the eye candy, if you're undisciplined, i.e. Mississippi State, i.e., 
uh, Oregon, I guess. I'd have to rewatch the tape. But, you know, if you fall for the eye candy, he's going to get a receiver streaking down the field. Heck, he did against Florida. And luckily, it was thrown just a tad over. And, uh, you know, 18 stumbled and fell. Then two or three, three plays later, he throws the pick. But he, you know, he's he's going to be in games because of his defense. But here, of course, they're in the losers because they're Auburn and we love them to be in the losers category. And they did lose the game. But here is the biggest reason they're losers is because if they lose to LSU, they're out of the West race. They're out of the any any hope of a college football playoff. And you got to figure that Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson – uh, they're both seniors. They came back. They came back to win a championship. They didn't come back to go nine and three, eight and four, ten and two. Um, you know they're going to be Derek. Number five is going to be the first defensive tackle taken in the draft. If you're if you don't take him first in the draft out, after your quarterbacks, you're crazy because the dude is a he's a man. And uh, you know they're probably going to come up with a bum ankle or a little tight back and and take the rest of the year off, which I don't agree with. But then again, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, that's the way the the game is being played these days, for sure. And the second loser we have are big Big Ten fans, and specifically Iowa, Michigan. Oh my gosh, I got to B Dubs before y'all did. And um, did you just hear that? What? Okay, is that was me. In your Never house? mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> are my you computer okay? made a. <laughs> I'm fine. My computer made a weird noise. I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, the, the it was before y'all got to B-dubs, and it was 10-3. to 3. The score remained 10-3 to 3 the entire fourth quarter, and it ended 10-3. to 3. I mean, if if this was the SEC, if this was let's, Michigan and Iowa, let's say, if this was LSU versus Florida this weekend, and that game was 10-3, to 3, oh, my gosh. We would be getting roasted out of the park about how non-innovative offenses. It's just three yards in a cloud of dust. And I, I, some of the fans, some of the, the, the Twitterers for the big that are pro Big Ten, they're like, "Oh, just a good defensive game." No, it was terrible. It was a, it was two bad offenses. And to me, the the Big Ten is just a better version of the ACC. They do have Wisconsin, so I don't know, I don't know who the number two team would be in in the ACC. Heck, we thought Duke last week, and they took a dump. But really, anybody can beat anybody outside of Ohio State and possibly Wisconsin. And what it's going to do is it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt those teams because it's just like Clemson, the same thing Clemson's facing. You know, they're going to have to win all their games convincingly. If the if Michigan is not even better than we think they are and Iowa's not even better than we think they are, then it's going to be one loss and you're at your own peril to get in the playoffs. Possibly, possibly, but let me, since I am the stat guy, as you call me, let me let me throw these stats out here for the game. <clears throat> there was 534 yards of combined offense, four turnovers, an average of 3.4 yards per rush, and combined eight for 24 on third downs. Now, how can that be boring? What you're spewing here is horse hockey. And you know what I'm talking about? Those stats I just threw up are from the 2011 Alabama-LSU game. <laughs> I mean, I, I hated it when the rest of the country said we were just boring and nobody wanted to watch those types of games. 
If you're the one playing defense, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I take umbrage at your position, sir. Good day. Well, well I say good day. I, I will re- <laughs> I will recant everything I said. If if both defenses and offenses put in what was how many NFL players off that starting um, twenty two. Almost every one of them, you know. 23. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous how many they had. Uh, but anyway, that was our that was our loser. Uh, Auburn and the Big Ten fans for having to watch that garbage. All right, on to the meaningless topic of the day, and this is one that is sure to uh, to get some conversation going. Um, it's a two-part two part topic, and I'm going to let Tom lead. Uh, first part is, should college players be paid – so that's what's going on now. You know, California a week and a half ago, whatever, they voted in that you can make money off of your likeness, which means that if Nike wants to sign to a tongue of Aloha and sell Nike shirts with a with a lay embroidered in on the T-shirt, which Tom already has one, I then did. he would get paid for that. And and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like, you know, when Tua is gone, we're not going to sell those lay shirts. So that that is kind of a – I do see the point there, but yes, first part is should college players be paid? The second part is if what solution would you put forth? Whether you're for it or against it, what solution would you put forth? Tom, take it away. Well, you just hit on a lot of the uh, arguments that that the country as a whole that I've I've heard a lot of have put up. You know about Nike and and and. Uh, some other things, and, and and then we've had some issues brought to the forefront, like, you know, what if there's uneven wages in the locker room? How's it going to feel when two is making $200,000 this year and, and somebody else is struggling to get by? Or if these guys make this money, they're going to have t- tax trouble or whatever else they've come up. Y'all have heard a bunch of it, but I'm going to tell you what it comes down to me is that this would flat out ruin the game. It won't ruin it for Alabama. Bama will adapt and overcome. But I can guarantee you this. Parity in college football will be a thing of the past. I know that sounds crazy coming from a Bama fan because we don't think there's parity out there uh, already with us. But Bama wasn't always this dominant. They should have been, though. But they hadn't been. They hadn't been always this dominant. But it will open the door for them... And for other schools with rapid fan bases, uh, did I say rapid? I meant rabid. Rabid fan bases. Some of those fan bases are pro- pretty quick, though, If I, now that I'm thinking about it. But nonetheless, uh, so so let me, let me throw up some numbers for you. There's a team out there that has won 35% of its conference titles since they fielded the team in 1903. You want to take a guess at who this team is? I'm going to take that as a no. Maybe you're in the bathroom. Maybe you're getting a beverage of choice or something. We're going to take that. Dude, as a I'm no. sorry. I had my I had I had my mic on mute. Uh, <laughs> Bama started football in 1892, so I'm going to say it's not Bama. It's definitely not Bama. The team I'm referring to is the New York Yankees. In addition, to, and that's a baseball team for you laypersons. Uh, in addition to. <laughs> Their 35% clip of division titles, they have also won the World Series 23% of the time of their existence. That's, you know, that's almost one every four years. Now, Mm -hmm. 
They've only won a single World Series and two division titles since 2002. Do you know what 2002 was? That was the implementation. After 2001? Yeah, there was that also. You're good tonight. That was the implementation of the modern-day luxury (laughs) tax formulated from the collective bargaining agreement. And what that really means is that they implemented this agreement because the richest teams in Major League Baseball could buy the best players, and that put the smaller franchises at a huge competitive disadvantage. Kind of like the disadvantage you've got when uh, me and you are on the basketball court. I mean, you, I'm just making analogies here, just so you get I understand. Yeah. but uh, So what does this have to do with college football? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've heard a lot of pundits proclaim, well, the university isn't paying these players. The companies are. Well, you know what companies in Alabama are called? They're called boosters. Our boosters will simply <laughs> want to win more than your boosters. That's just a fact. Yep. Go ahead and write it down. You don't think that each and every kid that we recruit and sign with our team won't have a local car commercial, a simple shop binder, or a name on a coffee mug that will get him a minimum stop in to go to school here? If you don't think the Red Elephant Club can't generate millions a year to secure the best players in the country, you're fooling yourself. Obviously, there will be other teams who can also make these arrangements. I'm guessing there will be, you know, something about a. 20 or so that have a rich and bountiful uh, alumni base, uh, but you'll also need them to uh, be rabid football fans. But you got check and check in Tuscaloosa. Now, like I said, I think probably 20 or less teams around the country will, will, will put this recipe together so that they can be competitive day in and day out. And that's probably not a whole lot different from the number of teams currently who can vie and win a national championship year in and year out but i'm going to tell you what what what's going to happen here outside those teams that are in the top 20 when those teams play these other teams it will be an absolute massacre i'm think think about mm-hmm. modern day tennessee football results i mean wisconsin would turn into vanderbilt oklahoma state would become troy UCLA would turn into well, UCLA, but you get the picture. That's what we're <laughs> headed towards if this sort of thing comes down the pipe. Like I said, I don't think it matters for us Bama fans, but it will matter a lot for the sport as a whole and the rest of the country. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I do like the angle that you took. And that's what Tom and I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, and we were both on, on the same wavelength of we don't think they should be paid – and I like the I like the angle you took. And here here's why I feel like they shouldn't be paid. I understand the likeness aspect, but still, let me just continue. Uh, first off, when you are and I'm going to use Alabama because that's what I know the most about. When you sign a, a athletic scholarship to play football, and you get a free education, you get early enrollment in the classes, top notch facilities top-notch diet, exercise. If you tear your ACL, you're getting surgery the next day in Birmingham, Alabama from the guy who invented the process. No questions asked. Yep. And, you know, when I say early enrollment in the classes, when we were in college, we had to use a telephone and we had to call in and you had to punch in numbers. And that's where I learned that the, the number sign, which now everybody calls a hashtag, we called it pound. And you had to type in, I want English 101 section 008. 
and it would say, you have selected English 101, section 8. This class is full. So you'd have to do another one and because you had a PIN number. And my first PIN number, there were around a little under 20,000 students went to Alabama. My first PIN number was like 18,458. So that means there were 18,457 people registering before me. The football players were all treated as seniors because they had to have their classes. And I understood that. But that's just one little perk. All right, they have jobs waiting on them when they finish. To my knowledge, and I, uh, Paige, uh, Paige that is a lawyer now, and in, uh, in, uh, she practices in Tuscaloosa. She went to University of Alabama and her undergrad and did not get accepted into, into Alabama because Alabama admits around 5% or less of people into law school who got their undergrad from Alabama. They want to diversify, and I understand that, but to, to her knowledge, no football player that has ever applied to law school has been turned down. No football player that's ever applied to medical school, if they had the grades and credentials, they're going to get into medical school. So you got the built-in perks. And basically, we're going to blow up the system for one player per team. Now, I understand, Tom, what you said about you know, you know, some coffee, some uh, some coffee mug company is gonna is gonna you know give a little bit of money to you know the uh, an offensive tackle every year, and that's going to be their little pet is you know the offensive tackle. Hey, we'll give him two hundred dollars a month, and he's going to let us put his name and number on a coffee mug. But, you know, we're, what we're really talking about is Tua. We're talking about Jerry Judy. We're talking about uh, Burrow from LSU. Um, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. I'm trying to – who am I missing, man? ETN from Clemson. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. I mean, those are the cats that are going to get the – Nike is going to be after them. Nike, Under Armour, Reebok, it is going to be a feeding frenzy over who can sign them. And, yeah, they're going to make a ton of money. But, dude, we're, we're going to blow up the system for probably one player per team. I just named two players off Bama, two players off of uh, Clemson, one off of Oklahoma. i tell you what, dude. Name me, name me the player off Ole Miss that's going to get the Nike contract, Tom. Clumley, name me the player of off Arkansas that's going to get the Nike contract. Clumley okay, again. You know, maybe you're right, maybe not. <laughs> okay. My point is, there's going to be a good number of teams that are not – they don't have that star. And I'm talking about in the SEC, they don't have that star. I mean, Texas A&M, are you going to give – is Nike going to sign Kellen Mond? You know, I highly doubt it. So we're willing to blow up the greatest sport on the face of the earth So because these people cannot wait till they finish their eligibility up to make money. And – you know when when we uh, you had uh, you did some interns and you probably got paid. I'm sure you didn't get paid a, a whole lot. You know I went to I went to education and when I student taught I didn't get paid. You know that was a free intern and that's what they need to treat college athletics as. A, this is a free intern. I mean you 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 play three years and then you can make your money if you're good enough. Then you can go to the NFL. And to me, you know the second part of the question: What solution would you put forth? To me, it's simple. You, I just do. I'm gonna do the baseball model. I'm gonna go into if you want to draft. I'm gonna tell the NFL if you want to draft our kids out of high school, go for it. But if they come to college, they're staying three years. They're not taking any money, and then after that, just like it is now, after their third year, uh, they can go pro. And and if they take money, automatically ineligible. Uh, you know, if you want to make, if you want to come in and be a hot shot like Trevor Lawrence. And, and, you know, win the national title 
and Nike wants to sign you as a sophomore, go for it, brother. But your your college career is over. Right. Well, you know, one one other thing that I I was thinking about while you were talking there. If you open this door too, if you open this can of worms, you know it goes away. And I just told you my spiel, and I just didn't lay it out in the simplest terms just to, to make sure everyone was aware of it. But what goes away is cheating in college football. There, there is no more cheating. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, th- there is no penalty for paying a player because, like I said, you can pay, you can pay every player. It doesn't matter. So it's the teams yeah. that have the money to pay the players will win. There are no more going on probation because somebody offered somebody something and they got a car, they got a they got a Cam Newton uh, offer or whatever the heck you want to talk about. That's uh that goes away in its entirety. Then it's it's a business. Yeah, it's a professional sport. Then. But you know what you asked too about you know what's the answer and, and and frankly I don't think there should be an answer. I think college football has existed for hundreds of year, a hundred not hundreds, at least a hundred. Hundred fifty. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. Uh and and you know it's existed that long with the current model and it works. This is simply an entitlement age that we're living in, and this sort of nonsense is not helping to leave that kind of thing. High school players are having press conferences for Pete's sakes to announce their what school they're going to. This is certainly the me age. But I do understand, mm-hmm. I, for the flip side a little bit, I do understand that players may need to be compensated at least some money due simply to the fact that they're really not allowed to hold jobs while in school. I would be for a stipend that paid a minimum wage, you know, part-time. That was equivalent to maybe a part-time job of 20 hours per week. That's normally likely what the uh, average college student is working at most, you know, while they're going to school. These guys would just get it for playing football and going through the off-season program, etc., Currently, and you were hitting on this a while ago, but currently the University of Alabama estimates that it costs right at 30000 per year for an in-state student. And that jumps to about $47,000 a year for an out-of-state student. We're certainly not the most expensive college out there either. But that's a pretty good mm-hmm. gig for an 18, 19-year-old student. I mean, you know, not... not just a student. I mean, if you're 18 years old and you're making thirty to forty-seven thousand dollars a year, you got to be really happy with that. No, oh, and I'll tell you this: the amenities that the athletes are receiving in their dorms, food halls, workout facilities, etc., just exactly like you said, they dwarf those of your t- typical students who are paying mm-hmm. their own ways or have academic scholarships, even. So the athletes are not getting slighted in the least. They're they're reaping the rewards, and they're being set up for even bigger, more lucrative awards in the future. But the me mentality and the now mentality has convinced folks that it's not enough, and I disagree. I'll, I will close out with what uh, LJS Law, you know, Jimmy Stein, uh, he tweeted out about, you know, y'all need to make sure that y'all want this because you need to understand uh, if you can get paid for uh, signing autographs, which would be, you know, that would be legal then. He said, Bama's line begins at Huntsville and ends somewhere around Gulf Shores. No doubt. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Boosters here love All their right. football. Yep. 
All right, we are way over time as usual, but uh, we're going to break into games of the week. we got two games of the week this week, and we have LSU in Florida, which is the premier game. Game day is down there, and uh, A&M Bama. And uh, first off, let's cover LSU Florida. Uh, you know, we're about to see who's, who's the real deal. You know, LSU has beaten Texas, but, I mean, they're in the Big 12. How good is their defense? You know, we're about to find out with them at the Red River Rivalry. Uh, this weekend i tell you what i have been impressed of on lsu is the utah state game it was an 11 o'clock kick utah state is pretty pretty savvy team and lsu normally you know they had a bye week they got florida coming up that is usually a, a week a game where in the past they would win that game 32 to 20 you know 35 to 17 and they went out and handled their business and i was very impressed uh, you know, Florida will be their toughest game to date, in my opinion, at least defensively. Uh, Texas probably has a little, tad more offense than Florida will put forth. But, you know, defense wins championships. And, and if LSU wins, and if they win, but I think they're going to win. Uh, that, I think the line's 14. That I, I might be a tad high. But I, I, if they win by double digits, Bama has been put on notice. Yeah, I agree. And this is where I'm going to encourage all our listeners named Top Dog to plug their ears. Simply put, I expect LSU to control this game throughout. They're not going to be able to score at will like they've been doing, but I do think Florida will have a hard time putting anything on the board down there in that atmosphere and against their defense, even though exactly like Alabama's defense, they've not played up to their potential. But LSU has some defensive athletes just like we do, and I expect them to put up a a, a little tougher effort against probably – possibly one of the poor offenses they've seen all year. But I think this will be a slow leak game where LSU continues to slightly pull away with short fields and field goals. I'm expecting sort of a 20-6, to maybe a 27-9 type of game. So you're also a fan of the under. <laughs> oh, I am. Way under. It's way over, yeah. over, over inflated, which uh, I will – get to in a later portion of the show this is uh this and we'll close this one out with this comment here you know lsu florida it, it whoever wins takes which they both control their own destiny but whoever wins is all almost one win away from going to atlanta uh, especially florida i mean if they can beat lsu and then all they have to do is beat Georgia. They could still drop one, and they're going to make it. Now, LSU's got a little tougher little tougher road to hoe because they got Auburn, and then they have uh, they have Bama. So they if they drop one, uh, you know, if they drop Bama, they're probably out of Atlanta. But it's really going to – it's really going to uh, springboard the winner in, in their respective divisions. Uh, the second game we got is A&M and Bama. And, Tom, I'm going to let you take that one first. Well, A&M had one real hiccup game, and that was two weeks ago against Arkansas. They still got the W, though. Their two losses on the season were by 14 at Clemson, and they lost an eight-point home game to Auburn. Now, Vegas has Bama favored by 17 on the road. That's three points more than Clemson was favored at home. And I believe this line opened up at 19. So that's a weird line, and and currently the betting public is on the tide as well. But I'm thinking that the Arkansas hiccup got A&M some line value here. 
I'm anxious to see whether or not Alabama can put together a defensive game plan that can keep a mobile quarterback in check, although Mond didn't run it all over the place. But he is he is a little bit shifty back there. This is where those freshman defensive players better get started on their uh, schemes because the schedule is going to start ticking up a notch. I expect Tua to do Tua things on offense, though. So, you know, I don't, I don't see Alabama losing the game. But it, it certainly could be a, uh, a closer game than the 17 that, uh, that's on the board now. See, I, and it's funny, I, that's the first thing I have written down. I said, I think the line's out of whack. I, I, I really expect it to be favored by 24 in this game. And I, I've been on the chit-chat boards a little bit this week, and I think every, every Bama fan that is at DEFCON 5 right now are watching the replay of last year when mine ripped off a run for what 40 50 60 yards i mean it was pretty bad he gashed us right up the middle that was an anomaly i mean we handled the best running quarterback we've seen since cam newton last year and held him in check you know uh, kyler murray at oklahoma uh, oklahoma oklahoma <laughs> love it oklahoma <laughs> and uh i just I think we are better at every position, at every matchup. We're better than them. I feel like that we're going to come and dictate the the pace of the game. Their crowd, we'll take their crowd out of it rather quickly as we normally do over there. My thing is this. We better get the same credit for beating A&M that Auburn and Clemson enjoyed. Because, no, they'll, boy, they'll, get, they'll have three losses then. It won't matter. Yeah, of course. They'll be of terrible. Course. But, you know. <laughs> Auburn Auburn springboarded to number one in some uh, reporters' ballots based mm-hmm. on beating A and M on the road. And listen, I'm not going to say it's not an impressive win. A and M is not chopped liver, but they, you know, the Arkansas game really brought everything down into perspective of how good is Clemson, how good is Auburn, because Arkansas is straight trash, and they easily could have beaten them. Yep, agreed. Hey, before we move on to our best bets, I want to I want to interject one more big game on the weekend, which is the Red River okay. rivalry. Red River, Red River, Oklahoma's in it. I think. Obviously, there's the Jalen factor. Oklahoma's five and zero, but but of those five opponents, only Texas Tech at three and two has a winning record. So Oklahoma still has a little bit of an unknown. Texas had a, had a much more challenging road getting to this game, but that doesn't mean Oklahoma isn't as good as the currently 11-point spread, I think it's out there, but the jury's still out, in my opinion. Hertz and Ellinger both have about 1,500 yards passing on the air, while Ellinger sports a 17-2 TD interception ratio, while Jalen is at 14-2. So Texas will not lay down in this game, and it's going to be a high-scoring affair, much like Deuce Bigelow on singles night. I'm not sure why (laughs) Deuce is such a big topic for me tonight, but that's my quick take on the rivalry. I have nothing to add, sir. I I don't disagree with that, as we'll see in the lines of interest. All right, bets from week four. We're We're going to do this very quickly. Uh, collective, collectively, we were one and three. I had Maryland okay, with a Okay, let's move on. I had, <laughs> I had Duke with a loss. I mean, Duke, for crying out loud, man, they were minus five. I don't even remember who they played. Rutgers, was it? It wasn't Rutgers. Who was it? I, I don't, don't know. Remember. It doesn't really matter. They, But they were should have easily won the game, and they took the L. 
And you had Nebraska and Utah State. Hey, great job riding that uh, Scott Frost train, bro. No doubt. Utah State, as you mentioned earlier, I thought was going to be a uh, sleeper team for LSU early, all that good jazz. And they were a good team, but they LSU better than I thought in that game for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, lines of interest in week five, or is this week six? Heck, I think uh, we're in week six. Week seven, if you count week zero. Week seven. Anyway, I didn't change. <laughs> I didn't take, change my. Um, <laughs> go uh, ahead. You go need ahead. to do a better job with this outline, pal. No, no uh, kidding. <laughs> so I'll take my first game as the Florida LSU under, as I already mentioned. I don't think LSU can score well against that defense, and and this will be the best one they faced all year for sure. Florida's offense is as weak as my three backs clean and jerk. So I expect these offenses to be way under the total. Game two I like. Should be no surprise to anybody. I like the Missouri Tigers minus the 11.5. They're still not getting the credit they deserve. They should hammer stomp Ole Miss at home this weekend. Next week they have Vandy and then Kentucky before the big showdown with Georgia. They could easily be 7-1, and one, I think, maybe 8-1, whatever, how many ever that adds up to be. But lay the points here on the uh, Missouri Ole Miss game. Yeah, I, I've got two as well, and we you discussed one of them on the Texas-Oklahoma. I'm going Texas plus 10.5, and, and you heard it here first, guys. Wrong team is favored. Texas with the outright win. If you don't want to sweat it out, take your 10 and a half. That's fine. But if you want to make some serious cash, put it on the money line. Uh, uh, Texas is battle-tested. They've played LSU. As you mentioned, Oklahoma has not played anybody of note. I mean, UCLA is terrible. Texas Tech is terrible. Texas actually will tackle the Oklahoma receivers. So I got Texas plus 10 and a half. Second game, Florida State plus 26 at Clemson. Now, there's no way I would have taken this game after week one or week two. But Florida State is actually playing pretty well now. And what has Clemson done to be favored by four touchdowns over anybody in the country? Mm. Not much, in my opinion. So, I've Good got point, Texas sir. plus 10.5, Florida State plus 26. All right, Who's your IG hey, We're going to make time. Go for IG it. IG model is Sammy Draper. She is at... Sammy Draper, that is at S-A-M-M-Y underscore D-R-A-P-E-R. And she is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And let me tell you what, she has some assets that probably go a long way in helping the Eagles be victorious from time to time. But she is a looker. What did you think about her? I sent you a picture. She is very curvy. Very curvy. I'll give her that. But have you seen the curves? Never mind. Deb wins. I've seen the curves on the new horse, by the way, and it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to close it out here. Just remember, if uh, Auburn is on a buy, so I couldn't really think of what to do. So I looked at some interesting town names. And if you're traveling from Fugging, Austria, that is F-U-G-G-I-N-G, that is a place in Austria, if you're traveling from Fugging, Austria, to Auburn this weekend, remember, go west till you smell it, then south till you step in it. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. <laughs>